you can experience the power and the anointing of Pentecost. The problem that we face in the modern church is that it doesn't fit into our rationale. Realistic adults, our outlook on things, and it certainly doesn't fit into many of our experiences of our relationship with God. We get so caught up in the special effects, if you will, of Pentecost that we miss the real point of it entirely. Pentecost requires us to make two fundamental decisions. What is our reality or our world view and how am I going to live this present life in light of Pentecost? I believe that Pentecost is the secret to meeting the deepest longings in the church today. The one thing I hear again and again is a plea for the power to live the Christian life. Many live in failure and defeat. I hear from people today that it's not so much disbelief that's regarded the Holy Spirit, but an aching in a longing inside of the human soul that I just don't know. We're like those early followers of Jesus Christ when they experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. Men and brothers, what shall we do? We've experienced this new outpouring. We've experienced a longing to understand. And we want to know who he is and how to live in the flow of the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, that's one thing that the Lord is teaching, has been teaching me over the last 10 years. And I continue to be amazed at understanding the flow of the Holy Spirit, getting into the flow of His anointing. We sang that this morning. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad. Oh, I was glad when they said unto me, come on, go with me to the house of the Lord. I'm going to get to fellowship with my brothers and sisters. We're going to get to experience the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Come on, I'm about to feel something in this place this morning. We're not here today to experience a dull, dry, dead religion. Too many in Christian circles are satisfied with dull, dry, boring, lifeless religion. Why? Because we don't have to go outside of our comfort zone. Can I tell you that when you get in the flow of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you get outside of your comfort zone. You don't have to get involved in some circles. You don't have to be one of those fanatics that are totally sold out to Jesus Christ. My definition of a fanatic Christian is one who is more spiritual than you. The ones who are out there doing on the outside what I know I should be doing inside. I'm talking about people that are prepared to produce more spiritual fruit. We need more spiritual fruit being produced, not more religious nuts. Hello, somebody. We've got plenty of religious nuts out there, but we need more people that are producing the fruit of the Spirit, the genuine fruit of the Spirit. We're not here faking it till we make it. We've got joy unspeakable and full of the glory of the living God at work in our souls. Hallelujah. We're in need of intimacy. Get in the flow of intimacy with Him. We're in need of divine inspiration and the driving power of the Holy Ghost that's answering the cry that's the key to the Church's renewal and refreshing in the Holy Ghost. Is anybody here 
love the refreshing of the Holy Spirit. I love His refreshing. I love to get in the river we sang about this morning and just go with the flow. I'm I like to go with the flow because I've tried swimming upstream. And swimming upstream against the current is hard. But I just like to get on those mountain streams, put my inner tube in, lay back and let the river carry me where it wants to carry me. And I just got in the flow of the Holy Ghost in worship this morning. I put my Holy Ghost inner tube in the water. I sat down and laid back and said, Holy Ghost, take me where you want to take me. Do what you want to do in this place with your power and your anointing for the glory of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because when I get in His presence, everything bows. Everything bows. In his presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah be to God. Oh, it's impossible to live this Christian life successfully without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So many are trying to do that. Why do we try when he's making available his guidance, his enabling energy and power supernaturally at work? The church today, like the disciples in the upper room, is poised on the precipice of another supernatural shift, I believe. I believe it to be true because God said in the last days, according to Joel chapter 2, hallelujah, I'm going to pour out my spirit on your sons and daughters, on all flesh. They're going to begin to prophesy in the name of the Lord. I've been to churches, we were talking about it just this week with some friends, where we walked into, we walked into healing rooms and prophecy rooms, and there were 10-year-old children in there that were prophesying under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Our children, the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to pour it out upon them. They're going to experience, our young people are going to experience supernatural anointing. Are we poised and ready for the shift that's happening in the Holy Spirit. I'm not waiting on it. I'm experiencing it now. How about you? Hallelujah. I'm experiencing what he has because Pentecost was a miracle where everything changed. From emphasis on the natural realm to emphasis upon a supernatural realm, if you will. I use the word miracle here very carefully because by it I mean this. Intervention of supernatural power that is in keeping with a higher spiritual law. It supersedes the laws of nature. Now, our talents, our intellects, our abilities are believed to define, and we kind of judge each other by the limitations of our human performance. It's, it's, but it's a life-changing miracle when a personality is transformed. Hello. Some of us need attitude adjustments. Some of us need personality transformations. Why? Because you need to be able to think beyond your limitations. Because you have limited capacities but the Holy Spirit, when we begin to exercise the higher power, the higher law, that's, that then our human potential becomes multiplied. And the, if, if you'll hear this this morning, the impossible happens. Because what is impossible with man becomes possible with God. For with God, all things are possible. The problem is... Many times we come up against difficulty and we don't believe that. We come up against the struggle. Oh, we can quote the scripture, but do we really believe it? There's the challenge of the Holy Spirit this morning. Do we really believe it? Because the miracle of a changed personality results in supernatural gifts of intellect. You begin to think differently. You're driving down the road and a thought pops into your brain and you go, where did that come from, Lord? He said, I gave it to you. Supernatural intellect. 
higher thinking, emotional freedom. How about emotional freedom this morning in the house? Emotional freedom. We just went through emotional discipleship. But we need emotional freedom to operate in emotional discipleship. We need conviction in our souls. Lord, convict us this morning. Let conviction happen in the house by the anointing of the Holy Spirit that somehow, as my dad used to say, you need to get your believer fixed. Get your believer fixed that all things are indeed possible. We used to sing that as a kid. God said it, and I believe it, and that settles it for me. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it for me. How many believe that? It's settled because God said it. All things are possible to them that believe. The miracle of Pentecost is that 120 frightened, impotent, self-centered, willful, and discouraged men and women were transformed into new creatures, new creations. They were infused with a supernatural power from on high, and it affected them intellectually, emotionally, and physically. This higher spiritual law was explained long before Jesus ever arrived at Pentecost. He says that the higher law of transformation was this. John 4, verse 24. God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, you were created spiritual beings. We were created for a spirit-to-spirit union and communion. If we understand community here, Father, make them one even as you and I are one. Spirit-to-spirit union and communion. Our spirit can be joined and empowered by His Spirit. Jesus went on to say, The hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. The word worshiper here means to bow the knee, to bow in reverence before the Lord. Our elder just prayed that this morning. Father, we want what you want. We want to bow in worship. We want to bow in total openness before you. You have, the, you, you have the authority, you have the right to come in close and see. Didn't we write that in the lyric? We just You have the power to come in. You can dwell here, you can dwell in me. Is that your prayer this morning? Lord, I want you to dwell in me. You have the power to come in close and see and reveal those things to me. Convict me of those things that aren't pleasing to you. Something that's not right in our spirit. We may be walking. We were praying this Friday night in corporate prayer. Lord, if there's any deception there, see if there be any wicked way in me. Because my heart when it's not sanctified by the Holy Spirit, can be deceptive. It can lead me into deceptive ways and into deceptive things that I get involved in that will mess my life up. But I need reverence and total openness before the Lord. Our desire to worship is the evidence of His far greater desire to invade the spirit of men and women with His own infilling of the Holy Spirit. When this happens, everything changes. Our spirit is the port of entry for the divine spirit. Our spirit is the port of entry for his divine spirit. That's what happened at Pentecost. 
That higher spiritual law that Jesus talked about was explained and explained was now made real. God's Spirit produced things in the lives of believers beyond human potential and beyond their limitations. The greatest need in the church today is for a renewal of Pentecost, a contemporary outpouring. People in, the, in today matches the mood of Jesus' followers waiting in the upper room. We used to have, when I, was a, when I was a kid coming up, we'd have Tuesday night prayer meetings. We called them cottage prayer meetings. We went to people's homes. Our contemporary version today is home groups. But we had prayer meetings. And we'd go there and we'd have a time in the prayer meeting that was called the tarrying time. We'd just tarry before the Lord. It was waiting in His presence. Waiting to hear from Him. Waiting for the Spirit to move. Waiting for God to speak. We need that refreshing today. We need some waiting time in the Spirit. We need some time to hear from the Lord. Because it can't happen unless he shows up, unless we invite him to come. But he'll clearly come when he's invited, and he'll make his abode, he'll make his home with us. See, that's the transformational change that happened in Acts chapter 2. You can go there, verses 2, 3, and 4. The dynamics of Pentecost. I just want to hit the highlights very quickly. The dynamics of Pentecost were wind, fire, and praise. Picture an expectant group of 120 waiting in the upper room, praying for the outpouring of the promise. Suddenly a wind begins to stir. And the room, in the room gently at first, but then it begins to grow stronger. The followers of Jesus look up from their prayers and now the wind is rushing and it's rumbling. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's thundering. Wind that has been an emblem of the Spirit amongst the Hebrew people for centuries. When the Lord spoke to Ezekiel in chapter 37, verse 9, the valley of the dry bones, he told him to prophesy to the breath. He said, prophesy, son of man. Say to the breath, thus says the Lord. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live again. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but God is saying to you, it's time to come out of the valley of the dry bones that the Holy Spirit is desiring to breathe upon you once again. You've been living a place of defeat, dejection, like the children of Israel were when they were in exile in Ezekiel's day. They needed the life of the Holy Spirit to come and breathe life into them again. And Jesus uses that imagery to say that the wind of the Spirit is about to blow into your life and blow upon your situation the breath of the life-giving properties and power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He said those same things to Nicodemus. He said, don't marvel and say, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it comes from, and you can't tell where it's going. How many have seen the effects of wind this past week? We've had some windy days, some, ex some excessive wind gusts. He says, but you can't see where the wind's blowing, but you can see the effects of it. You don't know what it's going, what's, where it's coming from. Well, I, I wonder... I wonder what the winds, where the wind's blowing today. We kind of stick our finger up in the, in the air and, oh, well, Holy Spirit, um, I don't know what you're doing here today, but 
I want you to do something powerful. I want you to do something that's anointed. I want you to do something that's powerful, that's life transformed. I don't know where it's coming from, and I don't know where it goes, but I know that the effects of the Spirit, when I'm born of the Spirit and I'm born into the Spirit, that I'm having an upper room experience because the wind of God is blowing again in my life. It's rushing in. It's coming with an irresistible force. The Lord gave outward signs of his inward manifestation of his presence. Tangible ways so that we, his people, can understand. We can identify immediately what he's desiring to communicate to us. The wind of the Spirit's blowing like that. The Holy Spirit was doing that in the souls of mankind. What's he doing? He's blowing out the cobwebs of fear and doubt, and frustration, and layers upon layers of years of uncertainty. God, is this really you? He wants you to know his voice. He wants you to experience the refreshing of his wind. He wants to alleviate the failures of fear, and frustration, and doubt, and struggle as the Holy Spirit begins to blow his wind into your life. New thought. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am a son of the living God. I am a daughter of God. I belong to him. See, he seems to think you were worth the blood of his son Jesus. Hallelujah. He seems to think that you have potential. He seems to think that there are things that He wants to create in your life with not only new thoughts and dreams and hopes and ideas, but new emotions and a new will that's been sanctified by the divine presence of the Holy Spirit. What was happening in the upper room? The Lord's people were being stirred. They were being brought back to life. Why? Because he showed up. When he walked into the room, everything changed. He's in the room this morning. Everything's changing. Nothing remains the same. Why? Because the sign of his coming is being made manifest not only in wind, but John prophesied it when he wrote in Luke's gospel, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loosen. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. How many know when somebody says fire, you can clear a room real quick? (laughs) Fire! (laughs) One of my favorite places to eat is up at um, at, um, Kobe Japanese Steakhouse up on 192. Um, I won't tell you exactly where it is because some of you would go there and then it would be too crowded and I couldn't get in. (laughs) But... But it's a wonderful, it's one of my favorite places. And I tell you this story because our favorite chef there, uh, they cook it on all your stuff on the hibachi grill. And I always go in and go, shrimp and chicken, shrimp and chicken. But our favorite chef there is, and you'll remember his name. His, he always, and he, he wears his badge proudly. He comes in, he goes, my name, Toyota. Toyota, Toyota. So we love to have Toyota cook for us. He stands about this high, but <clears throat> he gets out the spatula and his little when he starts spinning them. You know how they do. You've been there. But when he when he cooks and heats up the grill for the first time, and he lights it up, he goes fire. <laughs> and everybody, this little salt off guy, he's fire. And everybody jumps. And he looks and he gets their attention real quick. Uh, that, that's what happens when Pentecost happens in the life of a believer. When the Holy Spirit comes in and says, fire! Something is about to move. Something's shaken. Something's about to happen here. Why? Because it denotes that the passion and the enthusiasm that was spoken by the prophet John or the disciple John that a new fire from heaven has come 
and everything is about to change in my life. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 3 verse 17 says, His winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his threshing floor and gather the wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn up with unquenchable fire. Trust me, you want to be wheat. You don't want to be chaff. He's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. You don't want to be faking it. Because if you are, you're setting yourself up for a fierce purging from the Lord. He's going to separate the chaff. Now, I know we talk a lot around here about the love of the Lord, and that's good because we need to talk about love more than we do judgment. But it's a two-edged sword that I'm preaching from this morning. All right? Because some things will come into your life when you're disobedient that the Holy Spirit has been sent for your protection to lead you out of those things. And there, you may be going through a tough time right now saying, God, I don't understand. It's a purging process. God, I'm in the midst of a trial. I'm in the midst of a test. James chapter 1 says, Brothers and sisters, consider it joy. When the trial comes, because God has sent it your way so that you will be matured in the faith. How many know that God wants to grow us up? So when the trial comes, don't say, (laughs) and you turn into a little whiny baby, all right? If you've been disobedient, own it and say, Lord, I disobeyed you here. The Holy Spirit revealed this to me. I'm in the midst of this trial. Now, what is it you desire to teach me in the midst of this? And, and teach me to have joy. Joy. You really want to go further. He wants it to be joy, unspeakable, and full of his glory. Hallelujah. So that what he teaches you, he'll be worthy to receive it all. Huh? You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. How many know that? He deserves the honor. He deserves the glory. Aren't you glad you can be part of a community of believers that all the focus is upon Jesus, upon Him and Him alone? Hallelujah, hallelujah. We used to sing, I used to sing that as a little boy. It's Jesus in the morning. It's Jesus in the noontime. It's Jesus when the sun goes down. It's Jesus at school. It's Jesus at work. It's Jesus everywhere I go. Now it is Jesus in me. For each tomorrow, for every heartache and every sorrow, I know that I can depend upon my newfound friend. And so to the end, it's Jesus in me. Hallelujah. It's Jesus in me. He's burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. The Spirit's burning out. You may be in the winnowing process right now. But that's okay. Don't resist it. I've been in the winnowing process. I'm right there with you on some occasion. I've been in the winnowing process. But I'm glad when the chaff is gone. He said, after it, when you come out of the fire, he said, and he burns that away from my mind and my heart. There's some things, there's some images of my past that the Holy Spirit needs to burn out of my mind and burn out of my soul. You know what fire does? It purifies. After I've been in the fire a while, he said, I'll come forth like pure gold. He burns that out. Why? Because if you leave it unchecked, it'll cripple you. 
It'll cripple your servanthood for the Lord and it will spoil your testimony. You see, what he desires for you ultimately, here's what the Holy Spirit brings. Wind, fire, praise. You know what accompanies praise? The peace of the Lord. The peace. Get this. Peace is what the Holy Spirit gives after reconciliation and surrender to His will. After reconciliation and surrender to His will. But God, I want what I want the way I want it. Uh-uh. Wonder why everything's what we used to call roller coaster religion. You're up today, down tomorrow up today did you know it's possible to live life in the spirit on a higher spiritual realm and a higher spiritual plane so many believers think that's unattainable the lord wants it for you the holy spirit desires it for you the holy spirit desires to impact your life with that more than you desire it the word peace here means to live in a harmonious relationship between God and us, and also between us and others. Hello. Is there somebody at work you're having a little conflict with? God wants you to be at peace with all men. Is there, some, is there something going on in your marital relationship at the house and you need to get that fixed? Then get it fixed so you can live at peace. You can live at peace. This July the 7th will be 48 years for me and Madeline. <laughs> 48 years with the same woman. Somebody asked us the other night at uh, the young adult meeting, well, what's the secret to a long marriage? God first. The Holy Spirit at work in us. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, we've worked at it, and we have to work at it sometimes pretty diligently. Don't go to bed mad at each other. We pray it out. We talk it out. We, and then we love it out. <laughs> That's the good part. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's when the Holy Ghost really takes over. <laughs> and then there's some fire. Whoa. Still real today, ladies and gentlemen. He's still real today. Takes the Holy Ghost to make a marriage. Amen. Don't blush and don't, y'all are laughing because you do that at your house. Yeah. He wants you to have a harmonious relationship with him and with your fellow man. He wants a continual intimate relationship and that's what's necessary to have peace. So how is it with you? How's it going at your house? If it's not going well, there are problems in the way. What happens? It blocks your relationship with others. It will even hinder your prayer life. Get it fixed. It'll hinder your communication with God, your intimacy with Him. It's only after reconciliation. Repent. Repent. I've said this on more than one occasion. Pentecostals, people in evangelical circles, we don't repent well. I mean, let's just face it, we don't repent. Sometimes we just don't repent well. It's easier to hold a grudge and find ways to justify it than it is to repent and apologize. Be reconciled. Hello. Don't wait for the Holy Spirit 
to turn up the heat and the fire in your life and begin the purging process to get you in a posture of humility so that you will. It's not worth it, believe me. I've, I've been through that process. It's, it's not worth it. He desires, when he comes to you, he's your companion, he's your friend, he's your guide, he's the one who is now the director, the steward of your life. Every challenge that comes, he comes and he does it lovingly. He does it in a way that refines you. When everything has been reconciled, everything has been gotten under the blood, everything is forgiven, now the promise. We don't have to stay where we are. Listen, don't stay there and wallow in it. Self-defeat, self-pity, wallow in the mire and the clay of it. Don't keep doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result. They've said that's the definition of insanity. We're expecting a different result. We just kind of go through the motions of it. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord... How many have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church this morning? That's the power of Pentecost. We don't have to stay where we are. God is giving us a character transplant. A character transplant. What is he doing? The indwelling of the Holy Spirit makes us like Jesus himself. Galatians 2, I am crucified with Christ. Yet it's no longer I that live, but Christ who is living in me and he's willing and doing according to his good pleasure. I don't know about you, but he's only begun with me. I'm still a young'un. I'm still his child. I'm still his son. I'm not what I used to be, but I'm not what I'm going to be. And thank God I'm not what I was. <laughs> oh, he's refining and he's leading me. That's another effect of the fire of the Holy Spirit. He kindles enthusiasm. Well, Lord, if you'll, you'll just help me get by another day. Just help me make it. Help me make it a little, little bit further down the road. One more curve in life's road and I can lay down my heavy load. If you just help me, Lord. Well, there's a real win. People look at us and say, my God, he's got more problems than I got. I, I, don't want, I don't want the God he's got. But the fire of the Holy Ghost and the fire of Pentecost, the indwelling of Jesus inside of us, breeds enthusiasm inside of us. It breathes a warmth and a fire and an anointing and a passion for God. And it breathes spontaneity into our spirit. How many like spontaneous people? My wife loves it when I'm spontaneous. Sometimes I'll just be sitting there in the chair and I'll look over at her and I'll go, you know, you're beautiful. Did you know your heavenly father loves that? When you come in and get in the flow of worship and you just say, Jesus, you're beautiful. Jesus, you're beautiful. Jesus, you're beautiful. He says, come here. I want to hear some more of that. He loves for you to love on him. Boy, when you begin to love on him, he'll love on you. See, that was the problem the disciples had. Jesus kept telling them how much he loved them and how much the Father loved them and how much that the Father wanted to deposit the anointing of his spirit at work in them. He's resurrected from the dead. He's appearing for 40 days. We've got two components here. 40 days he's appearing to everybody to validate that he's risen from the dead. And 10 days after he ascends, the Holy Ghost is poured out. 
It's where we get Penta, 50 days. The problem, he shows up the disciples and he's fixing them breakfast on the beach and he looks at Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, and the disciples had, the pro- had a continual problem with this. He says, well, Lord, you know I'm your friend. I hear the Holy Spirit asking that of us this morning. Heart of the Father, do you really love me? Well, Lord, I'm your friend. I want intimacy with you. I just want to date you, Lord. I'll hang out with you and we'll just kind of be in a dating relationship. And, and anytime I need, to, I get mad at you and I get uptight with you because of something you've allowed to happen in my life or some area I've been disobedient and I'm ashamed, I'll just walk away and you walk away. Isn't that kind of what's happening in our culture today? Well, we'll just live together and we'll try each other out. There's no covenant. Uh oh, it gets quiet. Did I strike a nerve? Do you still love me? Huh? We wonder why things are upside down in our lives. And we look into this perfect law of liberty and the Holy Spirit begins to speak into our lives and says, don't walk in disobedience. It'll hinder you. God desires, he loves you so much, he desires you to be blessed. He desires favor upon your life. Yeah. Even in the small things. My mom's in the hospital as we speak. She had a, uh, she had a, pacemaker put in and uh, had some problems with it had to have it removed and a temporary one put in and now she's going to have a third procedure third procedure in three days to put this other one in so I'm taking dad up Uh, mom's 91 dad'll be 95 in November and uh, every Monday morning I get a phone call from him son it's dad Just calling to pray with you every Monday morning. Father, I want you to pour out blessing and favor upon Randy. He prays for Madeline. He prays for all of my children and all of his grandchildren. Calls every one of them by name in prayer. So we're driving in the parking lot, the hospital, the other day as we're pulling in. He's a little feeble walking because the cartilage is gone in his knees. and He's got his little... Cadillac Walker that he walks around on. And so he said, man, I hope we can get a parking place near the, near the elevator. I said, well, Dad, just ask the Lord for favor. You're his son, aren't you? He said, Lord, give us favor. Give us favor. We need a parking place right up close to the elevator. I drive around, pull up. We get one parking space from the elevator, and it's open. I look over at him. He says, that's favor. That's favor. Ask, and you'll receive. Knock, and it'll be open to you. Seek, and you'll find. God desires the best that he has for you. You are capable of warm inclusive love because you're a people after God's own heart. You're unique because the Holy Spirit, when he came and you had your own personal Pentecost, he took the limits off of your personality. If you're an extrovert, he deepened your relationship. If you are an introvert, you were released to freedom to be all that he desires you to be. In essence, you are now free to love each other. It's what the Holy Spirit opens us up to do. That's surrender to his will. He opens me up to love my fellow man in ways that I would not be capable of. 
I'm landing the plane. God, help us. The infilling of the Holy Spirit. Not only frees me to love, but I can love unconditionally and I can love without reservation. Why? Because I'm loving because of Him. I love you because He first loved me. I love you. I'm looking across this body today. Jesus looked and He said He looked with compassion upon them, He was moved. Why? Because of the love that he had for them. He loves you. He loves you. Sing it with me if you know it. Oh, how he loved you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life, what more could he give? Oh, how he loves you, oh, how he loves me, oh, how he loves you and me. The Holy Spirit says it's time to take a leap of faith. Pentecost means taking a leap of faith. <laughs> I received the baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit as a teenager. I was 13 years old. We had some, well, we used to do services at night. Um, we did a morning service. We usually get out about one or two. Then we'd come back at six and we'd get out about 11 on Sunday nights. Why? Because after the preacher preached for about an hour and a half, we had another hour and a half to two hour prayer service. And people that desired to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit would come to the, the altar and people would get around them and pray with them. We had people there, they were kind of like encouragers. They were edifiers. I had, as I remember praying that night, I was praying to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I didn't, it was just childlike faith. I had no idea what was, what was about to happen. I just knew they said, I heard the preacher say, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Spirit at work in your life. I thought, well, if they said it, I must need it. I better get down there and work on this thing. So I get down there and I'm in the altar praying, Lord, fill me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I had one person on one side that was praying with me, another person on the other side. Sometimes my arms would get weary. They'd grab my hands and jerk them back up. <laughs> Hold on. They meant they were there to help. They were going to help me. And they were praying. I mean, they were... It, we're talking about intense prayer. One person on one side was saying, hold on, brother, hold on. You're about to go through. You're about to, you're about to pray. We called it back then, it was called praying through. You know, we use the, the new, what we term today, the push method, pray until something happens. And one person was saying, hold on. The other person was on the other side in this ear saying, give up, give up. Finally looked and said, which do I do, hold on or give up? Which is it? Men and brethren, what shall we do? I felt like the people in the upper room. What shall we do? We've got a hold of something here. We don't know what to do with it yet. It's so new to us. I prayed for two solid hours as hard as I could pray. Some people would just strip out their throat after a while. Everything was gone here and they could just, Lord Jesus, help me. <sighs> Trying to pray through. Finally, 
Some of you that have been in Pentecost a while know what I'm talking about. You, you got serious about your relationship with the Lord. Two hours, I'm into the prayer, and I'm wondering, well, they say, just release your tongue to the Lord, and he'll open your mouth, and he'll fill it. Well, really, what it came down to was a leap of faith. And I finally said in, in my mind, Lord, I'm going to release all of my faculties to you and you just take them and do them what you, with it what you want to. And as soon as I did and I took the leap of faith, my prayer language came. The infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave me utterance. Boy, you talk about an emotional release and an exuberance and a fire and a wind, all of those things of the Holy Spirit. Man, some, we got so happy, we just got up and ran for a while. We didn't know what to do with it. I've seen, I've seen everything from the sublime to the bizarre. People running, people spinning and twisting till they just fall out. I said, it was either the Spirit or they just got dizzy. I've, I've, seen, I've seen all of it, all kinds of manifestations of the Holy Spirit. If you've been around a while, you've seen it too. But the point is that the Holy Spirit at work in us requires us to take a leap of faith to receive the things of God. God understands it. We're not, we're not much different than the disciples. <laughs> Some of us are like Peter, a loose cannon. Some of us are like James, we're passive. Some of us are naive like John. Some of us are fearful like Thomas. Unless I see, I won't believe. But Jesus said this, pray the Father and he will give it to you. He'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit will strengthen you in your weakness. He will stabilize us even when we're in the midst of foolish behavior. Jesus knows that you won't make it without the power of Pentecost. And I want you to, if you, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm landing the plane with this, with this scripture because it really, it really settles the whole deal here. What's the, what's the purpose of the power of Pentecost? Here it is in a nutshell. To conform you to the image of Christ. I could pre Everything I've said today, I can sum it up in that one phrase. To conform you and I to the image of Christ. Ephesians, Paul says it more eloquently than I could say it. Listen to this. I'm reading Amplified Translation. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself dwelling your innermost being and personality. May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide Make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, that experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? 
that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and forever and forever. Amen, amen, and amen. Somebody give him praise in the house of God today. Hallelujah be to God. That's the power of Pentecost conforming us to the will and work and the image of Jesus Christ. Let's stand together. If there's anybody here this morning that says, Randy, I'm, I'm having... I'm having a struggle with this. And I want God to conform me to the image of his dear son. I need the power that was released at Pentecost that's still available for me as a believer in Christ Jesus. I want to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. I want to be committed to his will. I want peace. I want to be reconciled with God. And I want to fully surrender to his will. I want to surrender to his will. It's where you pray those kinds of prayers Jesus prayed in the garden. Father, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will in this situation, Lord. I don't have a clue how it's going to turn out, but you do because you know all things. I need your wisdom. I need your direction, your guidance. And I want to have peace in it, in the midst of it. The Holy Spirit wants to teach us this morning how to trust him. I cut my teeth on an old hymn that says, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. He'll give you grace this morning to trust him. I said, Lord, how will I know when I'm truly trusting, I'm truly trusting you? He said, when you have peace and you can rest in the midst of it. I'm in the boat. I'm in the midst of the storm. We're being tempest-tossed. And Jesus is on board and he's asleep. Lord, don't you care if I perish? He says, Randy, where's your faith? Where's your faith? Take the leap of faith this morning to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I want to trust you. I want to be conformed to the image of Christ. If that's you, I want you to just come forward for a minute. Let's just stand here as an affirmation of our faith and say, Lord, I trust you. I surrender to your will. Does anybody here want to join the preacher? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord.
I surrender, Lord. You can exchange the struggle this morning for his peace. He's your peace. He's broken down every wall. Just come cast your care on him. Come cast your care on him because he loves you. He cares for you. He cares for you. Don't carry the burden another day. Don't struggle with it another moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love moments like this because it's the solemnness of it. We don't have to have music playing in the background. I love music, but sometimes we just need to say, Lord, search us. I want to feel the wind of your spirit. I want to feel the fire of your anointing. I want the oil of your spirit to be poured into my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's a sweet spirit in this place. There's a sweet spirit. I hear the Holy Spirit prompting me to just invite those that maybe you've not received a prayer language. You need the infilling of the Holy Spirit and you want to take that leap of faith this morning and say, Holy Spirit, fill me this morning. And you desire him to fill you this morning. Just come and take the leap of faith and let him release the impartation of the gift of tongues. I sent, there's a, there's a grace in this place this morning for the release of the power of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit working your life and mine. Thank you, Jesus. I'm feeling a refreshing wind this morning. I'm going to leave here refreshed. I'm going to leave here flowing in the river whose streams make glad the city of our God. Thank you, Lord. Could, could I invite uh, all of the prayer team to come pray with those that are here this morning. Would you just come do what Scripture says? Lay hands upon them. Pray over them. Would you come and do that right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's what you and I should love about this, this body. Is if you need prayer, you're going to get prayed over. Because people here know how to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to pray a prayer and just release us here. And those of you who need to slip out quietly, just do that. Because this is a beautiful moment in the spirit. But Holy Spirit, I just pray over the body this morning. That you'll continue the work that you have begun in each of us. Conforming us to the image of Christ. Father, renew the wind and the fire and the praise. That in some of us has lain dormant for far too long quicken us by your anointing Holy Spirit that we may come alive to your word to your will and to your way Father we declare that you have preeminence in our lives in all things we declare that you are worthy to receive all the glory as you quicken us Holy Spirit give us ears to hear and spirits to respond. 
to all that you have for us, all that you desire for us to become. In the mighty name of Jesus, heal every wounded spirit, every broken heart. Lord, give us contrite, humble, and submissive hearts before you to obey and to do your will. Let it happen that Jesus may be exalted and lifted high in his church today. 